Welcome to the Wise Birth Radio. We are women, students, and mamas exploring healthy pregnancies, empowered birth, nurtured postpartum, and natural parenting from a holistic, intuitive, and grounded experience. We share knowledge through interviews, stories, and musings. We hope to inspire you to take charge of your childbearing journey for yourself and your family. This show is intended to spark your own curiosity and encourage you to listen to your body, your baby, and your intuition. I'm Mabel. And I'm Sarah. And we are your hosts on Wise Birth Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wise Birth Radio. It is just me here today, Mabel, going for a walk with my almost one-year-old son on one of these first real snowy days of the year up here in New York. It's super beautiful, and there might be some times where I have to navigate the stroller over a snowbank or something, so just be prepared for that. Um, I've been having a bit of a podcast block lately. We haven't really released any new episodes in a while. We have one or two that we've recorded that I need to just put some finishing touches on and release, but it hasn't really felt like a priority or like quite the right time. And sorry, I'm walking up a hill right now. I think part of that is that I knew that I needed to record this episode that you're listening to right now. And I was, and still am currently, scared to do that. Um, So this is gonna be a pretty vulnerable episode, I think. Although, I just realized that if you're listening to this, you've already read the title of the episode and possibly the description. So you know what I'm gonna say before I do even. All right, so let's dive into it. So I've been navigating some really big shifts in my life recently. Well, over the past year, I suppose, six months. Um, And obviously some of that just comes with having a first child, you know, becoming a mother. That in itself is a huge transition in life. Like one of the biggest that I recall experiencing up to date, quite possibly besides my own birth, which I don't remember. Um, So that is one of the factors in this. Um, Another big factor, this is the scary part, is that I've recently decided not to be a vegetarian anymore. Um, And I have been for pretty much my whole life. There was like a six month period where I was traveling and not, you know, mostly couch surfing or whatever. And I would kind of just eat whatever was available, whatever was there. Um, But Besides that, when I had the, you know, the kitchen and the space and whatever to feed myself, I've always been vegetarian. My parents were, I think since before they met each other even, so I grew up with that. And it just never really crossed my mind to question it. It was just a thing that I did and I felt good about it and that's what I did. Um, And about... mm, four years ago maybe, I moved in with Sarah. Um, She lived and she lives still. And I lived there with her on an intentional community. Um, And vegetarianism was a really big part of that, a part of the spiritual practice, a part of the spiritual tradition. And I have nothing but respect and gratitude for that tradition, for those practices, for that community. And about 
two months ago now, uh, my partner and my baby and I moved out, partly because I really felt like I needed to explore eating meat. So yeah, this feels really big to share about. And I think I want to just real quickly talk a little bit about something that's been coming up for me, sort of a sidebar, about how I don't feel like I need to share my whole life on Instagram or on this podcast or whatever. Like, there's parts of me that none of you will ever know, and that's the way it should be, I think. But the other side of that coin, I suppose, is that I haven't really felt like I've been able to show up truly authentically and like in the entirety of who I am right now and what I'm processing because I haven't felt ready to share about this new meat-eating thing. So every time I post, I'm like, I really want to share about this. I want people to understand. No, it's not even that I want people to understand me, but I don't know. I've just felt like I haven't really been able to share authentically while hiding this pretty big part of the transition that I'm going through. So, I guess cat's out of the bag now. I am not a vegetarian anymore. And that's really weird to hear myself say, because as I mentioned, for 24 years, well, I guess I didn't talk for the first couple, but I have been said, I've, I've said that you know, I'm a vegetarian, this is part of who I am, this is what I do, and I've never had any reason to consider it or to question it. So I guess with that, um, let's go into the reasons why I did start questioning it. So I think it started as like a back of my mind thought in pregnancy. But I was pretty, pretty committed, I guess, to where I was living, to the vegetarian community. And I didn't, it didn't even feel like anything worth exploring because I knew it wasn't a possibility where I was living. But having, you know, with the knowledge that I have of pregnancy nutrition and the protein requirements and the mineral requirements, there was, you know, the logical and sciencey part of my brain was questioning, like, are you really getting enough of this? You know, one day I tried to track my protein and I tried really hard. I ate like three eggs and a bunch of nuts as a snack and I was constantly eating cheese when I was pregnant. I think I even had a protein shake in there. And, which I don't like. I don't really do protein shakes. I don't like the way they taste. I don't like the way they feel. But for the sake of the science experiment, I did it. And at the end of the day, I counted it all up and I think I'd made it to like 60 grams of protein, maybe. Which... I was aiming for 100 grams a day, which I feel like, honestly, for protein, I mean, for pregnancy is kind of on the low side, but, you know, I just wanted to see what happened. And, but once I had that information, it's not like I really did anything differently. I was like, okay, so maybe I'm not getting optimal protein, but it's fine. It is what it is. I feel good. I don't have any pregnancy complications. So that was that. Um, and then around maybe three or four months postpartum, I realized that I just, it wasn't necessarily a physical feeling, like I didn't feel hungry in my belly. 
I don't even know if I can quite explain it, but I realized I was just walking around with this like constant feeling of not having enough. And I tried to work on the emotional components of it, like where in my life do I need more nurturing or more support or who can I ask for help? And I tried a bunch of, you know, vegetarian common um, nutrition suggestions, like, you know, maybe try adding in more tahini or eat more cheese or more eggs or more nuts or maybe you're just dehydrated and you should drink more water. And I tried all of those things and even like while I was doing it, like I'd be like, okay, I feel in this moment like I really just, I need something dense and yeah, I guess just dense. So I would, you know, take a bite of cheese and I was eating it and I was like, this is delicious, I love cheese and it's not enough. It's not fulfilling that thing that I can tell my body is really calling for. And I began to think about how, you know, in birth, I'm always telling people, like, birth works. Your body knows what to do if you are able to get your mind out of the way and just listen to it. Like, if you have practice with that, especially listening to your intuition and listening to your body and following your body, your body will tell you what to do. It will tell you what positions you need to move to. Just a second, let me try to adjust this crying baby. Hi. You good to keep walking, little man? Yeah, your body will tell you what to do in birth. Um, thank you, Luce. Oh, Lincito. Hey, Linkies. I'm trying to record a podcast episode here. And I realized that I felt super hypocritical. Like I told myself and I told others that my body knows what to do in birth. Listen to your body, listen to your instincts. And here I was, my body and my intuition was telling me, you need something more, this isn't working. I could feel it so deeply in my bones, like this is not working right now. And my brain was overriding that. I was like, no, no, it's fine. Look, you're eating eggs, you're eating cheese, you're not a vegan. Don't worry about it. Um, but at some point, I just couldn't do that anymore. I couldn't deal with that sort of, I don't know if it's cognitive dissonance necessarily, but that disconnect, it didn't make any sense to me that I was overriding my female body with my more masculine brain while sharing about how to listen to your female body, how to really honor that. And I just couldn't do that anymore. It didn't make any sense to me. So I decided that I was going to do it. I was going to start eating meat. And I had no idea where to begin. Like, no idea. Like, I don't know anything. I'm still trying to figure out, you know, the difference of different kinds of meats and how you actually cook it, yada, yada. It's pretty intimidating if you have zero experience in that culinary realm and I definitely wish that someone would make a cookbook for vegetarians who have no idea what to do maybe that's me but I don't think so um, but anyways I knew that we needed to move somewhere else to find our own space so that I could explore this and 
just because we needed some space for our family anyways. We were living in a house with two other families and they are lovely people and it was too much for everybody. So we moved about half an hour away, uh, maybe two months ago, beginning of October. And I began the meat eating journey, which as I've mentioned so far has been pretty intimidating and also very weird because most if not all of my friends are in this community and people who are vegetarian and I haven't really felt comfortable sharing much about this with anybody. Again, it's felt really vulnerable and you know, if someone's making a choice for spiritual reasons, it's pretty scary to go against the grain and say like, can we still be friends? Will you still respect me and want to spend time with me if I'm making dis different decisions on this decently important aspect of life? So that's been a really tough thing to navigate, but I feel like I was saying something else. Where was I going? I moved out here. Oh, I was going to just talk a little bit about what the experience has been like so far. So I think it was around six months postpartum that I really decided I needed to do this. And it wasn't until seven or eight months that we had the space that I was able to. Um, and no, maybe even nine months. Anyways, up until that point, up until about a month ago, honestly, I had been experiencing very, very mild prolapse since Olin was born, more or less. Maybe started around two or three months. Um, and I honestly wasn't doing as much for it as I should have been, as I could have been. Um, I was walking pretty regularly, not lifting things most of the time. Sometimes I'd be like, I feel great today, I'm going to carry this thing. And then the next day I'd be like, oh, now it feels horrible to walk. But I was mostly taking it easy, not doing as much as I could have to strengthen myself. But it was just this mild, lingering, uncomfortable feeling. And I also felt hungry all the time, like in a way that I never experienced during pregnancy. In the last trimester of pregnancy, I would wake up at like three or four every morning, just starving and would go downstairs to get a snack. But between meals, between snacks and pregnancy, I felt pretty good. I was like, okay, I just ate, we're good. And now with nursing this little guy, and I think with the toll that pregnancy and birth had taken on my body you know because your bodies will give everything they have to growing this other being even if it's at the expense of your own body like your body will leach minerals out of your bones to give to this baby so I think I was just really feeling that feeling the lack um, and I felt constantly hungry I would eat a meal and I'd be like okay there's no more room in my stomach and I still feel so hungry. And like I said, before I started eating meat, I tried to address it on the emotional level, on the spiritual level, various nutrition tricks or whatever. You know, people say sometimes if you're still hungry after eating, maybe you're thirsty. 
that was not the case for me. And in the last two months, I feel so much better. I feel like I can eat something and be satisfied in a way that I'm honestly not sure I've ever felt in my entire life. It's so not delicious in like a, a tongue sensory way, like that meal was delicious, but just like a full body, like, oh, I can relax. I have enough. It's been pretty revolutionary in my life. And I was talking about the prolapse before, probably about a month after I started eating meat and, you know, I would make like warm milk with collagen or adding gelatin into my diet, various things like that, bone broth, yada, yada. After about a month of doing the same things, like workout-wise, walking-wise, movement-wise, I don't feel prolapsy anymore. I didn't do anything different except change my diet and, and nothing's falling out. <laughs> I realized this like just a couple weeks ago, like, wow, I haven't felt this feeling in a while and it feels so good and I feel like I'm finally able to support myself and like stand on my own two feet in a really solid grounded way that's totally new in my life. So those are two things that I've noticed thus far. And I don't think that eating meat is like a, a magic pill that's going to solve all of my life problems. And I do think that I know that if I felt like I could truly give my body everything it needed from a vegetarian diet, I would do that. Like eating meat has not been easy. To be quite honest, most of it I found sort of gross and confronting. You know, like looking at this thing like, wow, this used to be a living animal and now I'm about to chew it up and digest it. That's, it's pretty, it's not heavy because in some ways it's just the way the world works. But it's definitely serious. This has felt like a very serious decision that I've made and at the same time I am open to I don't feel like I'm committed to this forever you know maybe when I'm done with having and nursing children I'll decide that there's a way that's sustainable for my body to be vegetarian again I don't know what's going to happen this is just my experience in this moment of being in this female body that is nursing an almost one-year-old babe who grew four pounds in the last four months. So he's getting big, he's requiring a lot of my body still. And if I, well, I do plan to have more children and that will ask even more of me. So for this stage of my life right now, this I feel, well, I know that this is the decision I'm making for this stage of my life. Where was I going with this? This is sort of a rambly type episode. And I honestly don't feel as nervous talking about this as I thought I would. Before I pressed play on this recording, I was like, oh my God. It's like my stomach and my hands were all curled up and clenched. But finally talking about it and like letting all of the thoughts and words that I've been holding back flow through, it feels really good. And I don't know what the ramifications of this, maybe I have crazy like 
rabid vegan following on Instagram was going to get super upset and cancel me. Who knows? But I think an important thing to say is that I don't... I'm not trying to say anything about what anybody else should do. It's not that I don't care. I was about to say I don't care what you do. Um, I do care and I hope you make the choices that are most nourishing for you at this moment. And I have no idea what those choices are. I'm not saying this is the way for everyone or for anybody. I'm just saying that this is what I'm doing right now for myself. You please do what you need to do for you based on whatever your values and priorities and needs are at the moment. I guess I could have put that disclaimer at the beginning. <laughs> um, so I guess I wanted to talk a little bit about how it's felt thus far. I've talked about how it felt physically, but how it's felt emotionally and spiritually. And at first, when I first started talking to people about it, I felt like I needed to defend myself, like come up with all the counter arguments, you know, the pro-vegetarian camp would say, yeah, but you're killing animals, and I would have a witty retort to that. But I don't need to come at it from a place of protecting anything or defending anything. Because I have nothing to defend. These are just my choices on this path, and maybe in 10 years I'll be like, eh, you know, if I were to go back now, I probably would make another choice. Who knows? I have just been thinking recently about, I don't pretend to know much or anything about how karma works, but peep, one of the arguments of vegetarianism is, oh, it's a lot of karma to eat an animal, to take an animal's life. Sorry, a car just drove past. I don't know if you could hear me there. Oh, that's so sweet. They have a vanity plate and it said B here, B-E-E. -E. Okay, taking that into account in this podcast episode, B here. So, I don't know too much about how karma works. But if I think of just like the life cycles of everything that I'm putting into my body, if I think about eating a you know, a Beyond Burger or a fake chicken nugget or whatever. Those things came from huge monocropped fields. And I guess I don't need to go into all the details of it, but it just feels really clear to me that no matter what you eat, lives are being taken. And I don't know who I am to say that, you know, a chicken's life is any more or less valuable than the stock of corn or that they feel it any more or less the whole like you know some people are vegetarian but eat mussels and oysters and stuff I guess because they don't have a central nervous system like for me I don't feel like that really factors into my ethics if that makes sense you know like no matter what if I'm eating a potato or I'm eating part of a cow, something still gave its life for that, probably multiple somethings, probably worms and microbes and the potato plant itself. And I don't 
feel like in being vegetarian I was exempt from the life and death cycles. And I do feel like it's been really beautiful for me to try to really see myself in that cycle. You know, like really make sure that I am fully aware that I am partaking, participating in this, that I'm not exempt by being vegetarian, that in nourishing myself, something is needing to give their life for that. And that might sound harsh or uncomfortable for people. I don't know. But for me, it just feels really beautiful. Like I had a had an experience once of being, I just felt like I was the earth mother and I could feel how the decomposition was the only way to bring about life and that there was no way for things to continue, for things to be born and to grow and to flourish if there wasn't this other aspect, this death, this decomposition. And I feel like that is such a huge part of the teachings of the feminine, of the earth, of the goddess. And I think that, I know that starting to eat meat has really allowed me to, to navigate my place in that cycle in a really beautiful way. That I don't know when I would have gotten to explore otherwise. So I'm grateful for that. And there's something else I wanted to share. Oh, I also feel like starting to eat meat has been a really big eye-opener of like how important it is to me where my food comes from. I've grown up living on, working on farms, being really close with where produce comes from, having a big garden in my backyard as a kid. And that was always really important to me, but now it's like, now it's just much more important. And I, I will choose now not to eat something that maybe I would have eaten before because I don't know where it comes from, or I do know where it comes from and it doesn't feel like a good place. And the, the energy of that, like both the physical you know, lack of nutrients or chemical or, you know, added chemicals or whatever is not something I want to put into my body, but also the energetics of the place that this food is sourced from is not something that I want to be part of. Whether that's, you know, a vegetable or an animal. So again, that's been another really great lesson that I'm grateful for. We have this amazing farm, like 20 minutes down the road, that has raw milk and raw cheese and yogurt from this super epic sheep dairy that's local and they also have freezers full of meat from their cows and their chickens and their pigs and you're able to go there and meet the animals and meet the farmers see how they were raised and it's it's just been really beautiful to again feel my part in that cycle and feel more deeply connected to my food and to my nourishment than I really put the time into being before this, if that makes sense. I guess I'll share a little bit 
maybe when I get back home I'll read something for my journal, but I was sitting in the car the other day at the parking lot to the chiropractor because the only time I get alone these days are either when the little guy falls asleep in the stroller or falls asleep in the car and I can sit somewhere in the parking lot. So he was asleep in the back of the car, I was sitting in the parking lot and I just opened my journal. I didn't have anything in particular that I wanted to write about, it just felt like a good opportunity. And as I started writing, I realized that it could be a number of things that I'll get into, a number of factors. But I have not ever in my life felt this grounded in my body. For, I guess, since as long as I was really self-aware, especially starting into teenagehood, I always felt myself as a pretty pretty light, airy, non-grounded person. Like, if a strong enough wind came over, it wouldn't be that hard to knock me over or for me to float away. That was always sort of the image I had of myself. And physically, I've always been tall and skinny and in some ways easy to knock over. And so going into teenagehood, finishing high school, traveling around, I feel like I unconsciously exaggerated that with my lifestyle, with always traveling, not really having a home base, with putting myself in sort of unnecessary but slightly not comforting situations. Just to feel that, like that was, that was like a high for me, feeling how ungrounded I was. And I was also exacerbated by being relatively anorexic. I would, you know, I've never had body issues. Like I never looked at myself and didn't like what I was seeing. But I feel like, again, not eating enough was a way to, to really expand this feeling of physical, emotional, energetic weightlessness in a a not healthy way <laughs> because I really I liked feeling that way I liked feeling like bubbly and happy and who knows what was about to happen because I am not centered on the earth and so for a while I kind of dove deep into those feelings into unconsciously magnifying that feeling that like you know I've, I'm a very vata type person so I feel like I was unconsciously unbalancing myself in that way. And when I started to do more self-reflection and actually really start to study myself and study Ayurveda through um, the conscious postpartum caregiver training I did with the Center for Sacred Window Studies, I, was, I learned about that and I was learning about the different doshas and, you know, sort of not examining, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, evaluating. Evaluating myself and where I was on any given day with my tendency towards imbalance. And then also learning about things that I could do to balance myself. You know, for a vata person, vata is very dry and cold and airy. And so bringing things into my life that was the opposite of that. So for me, a lot of like warm oil massage, abhyanga, 
spending time around water. I started, I've always been a very, very short showerer, but for a while I was trying to take longer showers just like to energetically allow myself into that instead of feeling like I have to be a desert all the time. Um, and I, I felt less mm, balloon-like for sure. You know, I start, as I started consciously working on this, on balancing that, instead of unconsciously unbalancing it, I felt less like a hot air balloon that was all puffed up and ready to go and just held to the ground with one rope. I started to feel more like, you know, as I was settling myself, growing into myself, and consciously balancing myself, the air was, and the heat was slowly let out of this hot air balloon. But I was still, that potential was still there for me to be quickly, like, ignited and to blow away. I don't, I don't know why everything for me is hot air balloon metaphors. I should probably learn more about them, but anyways, there you have it. But just sitting in the car, like, this was three or four days ago, I realized that whether it was from, I'm sure it was a combination of starting to eat meat and nourishing my body on a totally different level that I've never experienced before, and the huge fact of the transition to being a mother. I've always known that I wanted children, that I wanted to be a mother, so I feel like arriving in this place has been really settling and grounding for me. Um, the fact that I'm not really working right now, I'm not going out and doing a lot of things. Most of my energy is centered in our home and with my little boy. Um, there's another factor. Just like really consciously working on settling my nervous system in new ways. Again, with the hot air balloon metaphor, I feel like my nervous system was sort of often tending towards flight. Definitely not fight. And then as I grew up and, well, as I grew older, the flight sort of shifted to a freeze response often. Where instead of feeling like, okay, I'm moving to the other side of the country now, because I didn't want to deal with whatever was going on internally, I just sort of would shut down when I was having a hard time with things. I would just stop feeling I would stop connecting with people and really go into a freeze mode. But in these past couple months, past year, of really working on that and working on creating safety for my mind and my body, I feel a lot more centered and grounded and easeful and connected even to my own nervous system. So I'm sure that is a part of this new grounded feeling um, and the other part about it is that I've been going to see a chiropractor for the past couple months because almost all of my life I felt like pulled inwards I think my the fascia on the front of my body is pretty tight and sort of like pulling me into a ball whenever I am in emotionally difficult situations I end up like sitting up in a fetal position and that's just that's where I'm comfortable going when I'm uncomfortable. So recently I've been going to a chiropractor and I feel this new opening and softening and alignment really in my body, again in my nervous system because you know so much of the spinal 
alignment or disalignment affects your nervous system. And so I think, yeah, again, I can't say, oh, I feel this way because I'm eating meat now. This has changed my life because there are a lot of factors. And I think the biggest one is motherhood. It's becoming, in some ways, this whole new person. And with that, I feel like, I just, I can't quite explain it, but I feel like someone else or something else sort of dropped into my eyes. Like a, one of those old-fashioned film projector things, you know, like a new, I don't, I've never actually seen one in real life, but a new slide has been put in. And I just see the world through this other person's perspective that I'm still getting to know. And I'm really excited about it. It feels really good. This like solid, maternal, grounded, warm person when for so long I've just thought that the way I was or the person I was was sort of ungrounded, tending towards cold and flighty. And yeah, just writing all this in the parking lot, starting to cry while the chiropractor was walking in the yard with his dog. It's kind of a funny scene, but just really feeling the weight of this in my body, feeling myself in my body in a way that I haven't ever. It was really big. And it still feels really big. Like, I'm still not quite sure who's looking out of my eyes at the world right now. So this... This episode kind of took a different sort of turn, but again, it's all related, the way we nourish our physical bodies, especially in this transition, becoming mothers. And yeah, I just wanted to share this transition with all of you or any who listen. All right, so I'm back home, and I feel like I more or less said most of this, but I find, at least for myself, um, I'm a lot easier to understand when I write things than when I speak them. So I just want to read a couple pages, page or two from my journal here on what I was just talking about with really coming into my body in a new way. I feel on the precipice of something. Is this adulthood? Responsibility? Consciously creating something instead of passively allowing? For the first time, I have a glimpse of what I want, um, of what I want my life to feel like. I don't know what it will look like, but I feel my bones start to tingle with the memory of what I am walking towards. It's different than anything I've felt before. I've never been able to answer when people have asked where I see myself in five years, three years, ten years. In some ways, it seems like having a baby has both anchored and launched me into a new reality, or opened my inner eyes to it, to the map that has been crumpled in my hand this whole time. I feel more grounded than I ever have in my life. That has always been a struggle of mine, feeling simultaneously connected to the earth, but not on it. Like I've always been hovering, and if the wind blew just a bit too suddenly, or a gust came out of the wrong direction, I would just begin to somersault away like a tumbleweed. When I was younger, I unconsciously enhanced that. There's no better mask to the fear of being ungrounded than to become as light as possible, literally and otherwise. Not eating, creating anxiety, smoking, working or traveling non-stop, running on coffee and the adrenaline of insomnia. Thinking that an unsettled nervous system was a fun adventure. I wasn't boring and predictable and controllable like some of my peers. I was adventuring. 
I was praised for being brave, for being grown beyond my years, called an old soul. Because even from underneath the turbulence that I had crafted as both a persona and a way of life, there was something or someone guiding me, protecting me. I felt like an old soul in a new world, and the gravity had changed since I was last here and I couldn't get my bearings. Matrescence. I always knew I would have babies. I didn't know that when my son was born, my inner grandmother would also be, was also being born. I feel like a newborn must feel dropped into an earthly body, grounded by gravity after the weightlessness of amniotic fluid. I feel someone else looking out of my eyes, but now instead of accessing her in panic attack induced substanceless psychedelic trips or trauma based dreams that need resolution, I find my own ancestor stirring in my womb. I am gestating my own future. The primal fire of womanhood, of motherhood, is still small and smoky, but the flames are there. I felt who I could be when I studied herbalism, when I was in nature, when I learned about birth, but I always felt like I was somehow removed from it. Like my brain could speak about herbs and my heart could connect, but I was witnessing it all through a piece of silk. Maybe it was my body that was not there. I was trying to operate on every level but the physical, to do internal work outside of my body. No one ever showed me embodiment. I was terrified of dancing, especially even alone, until I was 21 or so. I was present, but never fully in my body. And I think that's when the little boy woke up, so I stopped writing, but it's just been, it's been a really beautiful transition to start to ground in to my body in a new way than I have before. All right, so this is sort of a departure from what I thought I was originally just gonna share here, but I think it all is relevant and related to this big life transition that I am sharing with you guys. I don't quite know when I'm gonna release this episode, but probably pretty soon so it isn't just sitting there in my brain. Um, Sarah and I are having, oh, that's the other thing I wanted to say is that everything that I'm talking about is just for me. I know that I'm the main poster on Instagram, even though it's Catskills Birth Collective, which is both of our project. Um, but this is, I'm only talking about my transition. My partner is still vegetarian. Sarah is still vegetarian. These are choices that I've made for myself and nobody else really has anything to do with it. So anyways, I was going to say that we, Catskills Birth Collective, are having ongoing prenatal circles in Kingston, New York. Um, we're having one in January. It's the last Wednesday of the month from 7 to 9 p.m. at our friend's beautiful acupuncture studio. I don't know if it's a studio. I don't know what the word is. Acupuncture office. Anyways, if you are pregnant and local, we'd love to see you there. We bring some pretty epic snacks, if I do so say, say so myself. Um, and it's just a really beautiful space for pregnant women to gather and connect and connect with themselves and their babies. That's the one thing that I really wish I'd done more of when I was pregnant is carve out time just for being pregnant. Because sometimes it felt really long when I was in it, but now looking back, it was so short. And I wish that I'd given myself more time to just, just sit in that experience and really feel it, feel the 
the bigness of it. So um, we'd love to see you there if you're local. Um, and if you're not, we'd love to connect with you on Instagram. We are at Catskills Birth Collective. We have not so many, but an okay number um, more podcast episodes and hopefully we'll be releasing more in the coming months. So give us a listen and please give us a review if you're a regular listener to this podcast. I'm not really into, you know, sponsorships or like interrupting podcast episodes with an ad because it just so interrupts the flow. Like when I'm listening to one, you're like, oh, not one of these. So we don't make any money from this podcast. We're not planning on it. But if you can give us a review, it will help to reach more people. And, you know, we're not doing this for ourselves. Well, we partly are, but (laughs) we're partly doing this because I know that we have a perspective and yeah a perspective that I think is really important in the way that the world is shifting right now so that's all to say give us some stars preferably five and write us a nice review please and if you have any thoughts on what you'd like to hear any subject matters or questions you have that you'd love to hear addressed in a podcast episode please 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 reach out to us we'd love to know what you're interested in because we know what we're interested in, but again, we're doing this for you too. So please feel free to reach out if you have any questions. Um, Our website is catskillsbirth.org and we will keep you updated for those of you who are not local if we're having any online events anytime soon. All right, thank you so much for listening to this ramble of an episode. I'll see you all next episode.